During the COVID-19 pandemic, many of us have thought about health and healthcare more than we ever had before, and many of us take access to healthcare for granted, but our zip code can be a major reflector of life expectancy and health. Jossie Chisley explains how we can take this moment in time to try to build something better. We know through genomics and, and the human study that we're more alike than we are different, and I think it's an, it's, it's an opportunity to collectively build something. Healthcare uh, and society are inextricably tied. We'll talk about healthcare, equity, and his story from Morehouse College basketball player to healthcare executive. I'm Andrew Kaufman, and this is The Strategist, presented by the George W. Bush Presidential Center. Our guest today is Jossie Chisley, who has 25 years of experience in the healthcare industry. He's led health systems in Atlanta, New York, Cincinnati, Memphis, and he has reflected on that experience in his book, Healthy Disruption, available now. And he's one of our speakers tonight at our Engage at the Bush Center, presented by Next Point event. Jossie, thanks for coming in early and uh, taking some time to chat with us. Oh, thank you, Andrew. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so very much. Looking forward to the event tonight and uh, just uh, wonderful to be part of such a moving experience uh, along with the, our, our 43rd president. So it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a fun night. It really is. Well, we'll talk a little more about it here. Is, is, I think it will weave it into the conversation. But, uh, you know, the Bush Institute has a new report out, The Evolving Geography of Opportunity, Leading cities of the past, present, and future. And two of the key points in that paper are relevant to our discussion, I think, where I think our discussion is going to go. And that's that, one, you need strong local institutions in higher education and healthcare for strong cities. And cities need to work toward openness, diversity, and inclusion. And so that's hearing that, I was like, wow, that sounds like what, what Jossie is really working on. So can you give us a high-level overview of where we stand when you when you look at those two points and in, inequity in, in healthcare. Yeah, it's it's amazing how things are coming together, right, Andrew? I mean, this is uh, completely and one thousand percent apropos. You know, I think just judging judging from what the study uh, has learned and is learning, uh, it's exactly the premise of of the book, uh, Healthy Disruption, and in it we examine uh, the juxtaposition of not just your health care, but more so your health, and we know that roughly you know ninety percent of your health is related to uh, what you eat, uh, where you live, uh, what you can access, uh, some of the, the physical and genetic norms that, uh, that are germane to you and your family. And what we often say is your zip code is a far greater determinant uh, of your life expectancy and your overall health than your genetic code. And that actually is a problem in this country for us to enjoy such uh, not only rich history, but uh, economic prosperity in this country. We have to make sure that we close those gaps in healthcare as much as we can. So you, you talk, you mentioned there, you know, that, that our, our, your zip code really determines, determines your health, your health outcome. What are some of the factors that go into that beyond, you know, it's, you look at, you look at a city like Dallas where you have North Dallas right. and South Dallas and, right. and just driving through you, you, there's, there's, you can see that, that the, the amount of investment in infrastructure has gone in one direction more than the other. What, what, how, what is on a practical basis, if you're living in a neighborhood in, in South Dallas, for instance, or, or in, um, what, what does that mean for you? Yes, it, it, it means a lot. Um, and it, 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 I think it rests on, uh, several concepts, which I'll get, get to in a second. And just, uh, where I'm from and, and mainly reside and do my business, uh, is, is in Chicago. And mm-hmm. from the north side to the south side, from, from which I was born on the south side, uh, there's a 33-year gap, uh, life expectancy gap. 
33 years. 33 wow. years uh, on average. Uh, and typically there's sort of a 16 block radius uh, that you often hear about, unfortunately, in the news uh, with Chicago with a lot of the violence, uh, which is very, very small. And it's as you correlate that to the proximity of the entire city and geography. So I'm sure Dallas is much of the same way. And uh, it's something that that I think is is something that we've got to at least address at, uh, and, and, and address pretty quickly. I like to I like to say, you know, I've got acronyms for, for pretty much everything mm-hmm. just so that I can remember them in my own rabbit brain here. But uh, the A-E-I-O-U of, of healthcare. A-E-I-O-U. Yes. Okay. A stands for, so obviously the vowel. So A stands for access. And I think once a person actually has a lot of that access, uh, their their physical life changes. Um, and in in concepts and areas and even rural areas where access is limited or mitigated, that's an issue. That's an issue. Obviously, the, uh, the E is for exposure. Uh, once we see that um, typically when the underprivileged or underserved are exposed to different ways of life, different um, means of getting health care, getting food, getting education, that actually improves their life expectancy. So that's huge. Um, the I is, uh, stands for information. The more information we have, you've heard the old adage, information is power. Um, so the more information we have, the more we can equip ourselves uh, to a better future. The O is for opportunity. Uh, I stand on the shoulders of so many great people and so many wonderful mentors. Uh, there's been a lot of um, lack of opportunity, particularly in, in impoverished areas. And then it, once you do all of that, it, it leads to the you, and it's all about you. And I think healthcare has to be personalized. You have to make sure that you are putting your health uh, and your family's health first and, have, and develop a, a very personalized care plan or else everything else pretty much falters, uh, particularly wherever you live. Even if you're living in an affluent area, that care plan is so important. So one of the things that w- when, when we look at this, it, it's, there's, there's, always, there's always a historical element yes. that started a long time ago. Um, and and it, it, it often it's separates the black neighborhoods and the white neighborhoods. And, and what can what can we do now like to to change the tide of that history that we this is we can't change the past what can we do today to make this better i i, I agree it's certainly a, a look forward and not a look back and um but i i also would contend that you can't treat a disparity uh, like a discrepancy and a disparity is something that has existed uh for for generations um and that is structural a discrepancy is a blip you know it's it's an anomaly uh, so we've we've witnessed and endured a lot of health disparities, and I think we have to learn from that. And and again, go back, go, you know, harkening back to the AEIOU of healthcare, really making sure that access is at the forefront. The next thing I think we have to do is capitalize the ideas and concepts that we have. Uh, and then thirdly and finally, uh, Andrew, we really have to make sure that you know it's getting the attention that it deserves. Um, because oftentimes we talk about a lot of things. It might be flavor of the month. It's sexy for a while, but then we, it sort of falls by the wayside. What we like to say is, you know, whatever gets your attention leads to invention. And if we do that collectively, I think uh, we're all the better for it. Invention is interesting because you, you, you talk some about, you've talked before, I've heard you talk about in interviews, disruption, the idea of disruption. Yes. What is, what is the next disruption in healthcare that can, that can help with, with this equity? Yeah, that's a great, great, it's a great question. So uh, there's several concepts to this, this, and why we, why we named it healthy disruption. It's, it's sort of uh, 
Uh, yes, yeah, the title of your book. It's the title of my book, and uh, it's it's a, there's a lot of I think phrases that are somewhat oxymoronic, Andrew. <laughs> so uh, one of the my favorites is uh, from Congressman John Lewis, uh, who said, "Let's get into good trouble." Yeah, uh, there's a lot of things that says, "Hey, we need to look at and 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 make sure that we're establishing, um, you know, uh, a, a call to confrontation." And sometimes confrontation has uh, a, a negative connotations. Um, but but what we think um, that will truly disrupt the industry <clears throat> is putting and serving in communities down to the zip code level. So what we've typically done, and I think healthcare in particular has lost its 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 virtues in a way, and put profit over people. And we've even seen this throughout the pandemic for the last two years, uh, which is most unfortunate. And I think reclaiming those virtues, understanding that this is the ultimate people business, this being healthcare is the ultimate people business, well, it'll sort of lead to a guidepost on what we need to do and where we need to go. And I think the capital improvements is a big thing, but I think actually looking at things down to the zip code level and not just saying, hey, we're going to take a, an area or a neighborhood or a, a whole, you know, the south side of Dallas or south side of Chicago. We're actually going to make sure that we're going down to the zip code level and really assessing those areas, surveilling those areas on what are their needs. Um, what are you know some of the, the trends that we're seeing? Because all trends are different. And when you've seen one zip code, you've seen one zip code. When you've seen one neighborhood, you've seen one neighborhood. So make it very, very specific. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of some of the things that are occurring in healthcare, vis-a-vis telehealth, uh, a lot of things going on in home health care, uh, which I think needs and requires some regulation and legislation, but we can talk about that later, uh, and some other things that we're seeing. So those disruptors, I think, are going to lead to a better future. You know, we, we, it's, all, it's a topic that's in the news now because there's so much, you know, it's a topic that's at the back of everybody's mind for a long time. Now it's at the forefront of everybody's mind, which is now we're dealing with COVID and, right. and how we're going to have access globally to vaccines and locally to vaccines right. and, and therapeutics. How has COVID changed the landscape? Well, I think COVID has has heightened our awareness a lot um, because we were quarantining back in, in March, April, May, June of, of 2020, and then led to a lot of, you know, the, 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 um, the exacerbation, if you will, of some of the ills of society because the, the, the have-nots, the underprivileged and um, uh, between the underprivileged and the privileged, that gap widened a lot. Um, and I was reading a study in The Economist. Uh, it's estimated that the wealth gap widened uh, about 188 percent, 188 percent between a black family of four and a white family of four. Uh, just just in the last two almost years. that's more than double. That's more than double. Uh, and there was already a, a pre-existing health, uh, wealth gap. So I equate your health to your wealth. And that is something that I think, unfortunately, the, the pandemic has uh, sort of uh, uh, made sure that we're, we're aware of. I'm just not sure that we're actually instituting the things that we're learning. And I'm concerned, too, that we're not listening to each other, listening to our own needs, finding our own humanity and making sure that that's at top of mind. But you've been you've been the CEO of, of, of healthcare systems, hospital systems. And, you know, so you know that that money is important to these to these businesses. Yes. They don't, they don't operate without money. The doctors and nurses, 
need to get paid. The equipment has to get paid for. How do you how do you balance these things? Absolutely, I'm I'm a capitalist at heart, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so are we? Yeah, I, absolutely. I'm I'm a big believer in free markets, and I'm a big believer that the best ideas win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the best ideas there's there's no better industry than the largest um, uh, industry in our country, which is healthcare. Nearly four trillion dollars, almost twenty percent of the GDP. Now uh, that is more true now than ever in healthcare because you've got so many different penetrations coming from different areas like private equity, uh, venture capital, uh, banks, um, uh, you name it, you know, health systems creating their own concepts. And I think we win, we as a society win when all those ideas and concepts are amalgamated into one, when we're thinking collectively, when the public uh, and private institutions and even the government are, is sort of weighing in. You saw that firsthand, firsthand during the, uh, the pandemic with the vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've got a very public company and Pfizer and, and Moderna and others uh, working with the government and then having a lot of private research going on. And that sort of intersection was really cool to see and kind of play out and look at the vaccinations. We, we, we found them in record time and it's really saving lives. It, it's it's a it's a fascinating time to be alive. It? It, 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 oh, what a time <laughs> to be alive! <laughs> Indeed. So you're you know so how how can healthcare be on the forefront of social change? Like so it you know we we'd love to get we'd love to fix everything at once, but healthcare you know I think you I, I think one of your quotes is you want to impact social change through healthcare. Absolutely. How are we going to do that? Yeah, I I, I think you have to strike the word health uh, the word care. I'm sorry. Uh, and, and really focus on health. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've tend to unfortunately bastardize the word uh, health care and made that about the industry instead of the actual care that we're getting. Uh, and if, if we just foster the care and again, going back to and hearkening back to that humanity that's so important, once care is administered, I think that's that's what's important. So leading at the forefront of, ins- of ensuring that your health, your overall health um, is is the is the main institution in your life that that's driving you, I think is 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 huge. And then actually the the educational piece. I think, um, you know, we've talked a lot about the chasms in healthcare, but there's so many different chasms within housing, education, uh, food insecurities, et cetera. Those are a lot of the, a lot of the things that actually lead to that other 90% of how your health is impacted. So you're here for our event tonight, which is a discussion of the continual struggle, of the American freedom movement and seeds of social change, which is a, a fantastic art exhibit at the, at the Bush Library Museum by, by Brian Washington. Can, can, how did you get involved with that, and, and it, how does this tie into what you're passionate about, which it, it clearly does? Yeah, it clearly does. Uh, I have been uh, an investor and an art collector now, Andrew, for... An art greater, collector? Yeah, a great That's part cool. of uh, 13 years. So uh, John M- michelle Basquiat and, and Jacob Lawrence and uh, James Bearden and all of the, 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 the names that you know and love, and actually are exhibit, exhibited here in, in the Bush Library, which I think is so cool. Uh, and then having this... This uh, at a time when, you know, the, the three P's that were sort of in this tender time uh, uh, impacted with the three P's, and that's the pandemic, uh, the protest, the social unrest, as well as the loss of profit, which we just talked about in this country. I think it, it, it couldn't be more uh, cogent uh, for, for the exhibit to, to, to come to the Bush exhibit, of which we know that uh, President Bush is a, is a, a painter himself uh, and has painted so many things over the years. Yeah, word got um, out that he 
he, that he yeah. <laughs> and he has such a penchant for art. So I've been on the board now for the with the Brian Washington Company, uh, who are dear friends of mine, uh, the entire family, for roughly about five years. <clears throat> and I got my very first, first piece from Brian, uh, which is called Get on the Bus. And it's a depiction of the end or marking the end of the Montgomery bus, bus, bus boycott back in 1955. And uh, I can remember <clears throat> my grandmother telling me stories of that, but it wasn't until I saw Brian's artwork depicted oh, interesting. that it, it, it sort of clicked for me. It came to life. It, it came to life and it moved me. And at the end of the day, us as human beings, uh, we're all moved by something, but we're even more moved when we actually see it. And I think that was the compelling piece of how the the sort of uh, the protest started in 2020 with uh, a young lady capturing the murder of George Floyd uh, on on her camera, on her on her cell phone. So when we see that, when we hear stuff, it's one thing. But when we see things, it's a whole entire different story. And that's what Brian's uh, artwork does for me. At this point in history that we're in, you know, you've mentioned, we've talked about some of the challenges, but with every challenge comes opportunity. Absolutely. In your mind, what are the greatest opportunities that we have right now? Yeah, where chaos, where there's chaos, there comes opportunity. I think we've got a a wonderful opportunity to really just listen to each other. And we talked about confrontation. Um, uh, You know, the call to confrontation, and that should not be a scary word. I think we have to really confront what we're feeling. I think we have to really confront what we're thinking. I think we really have to confront uh, some of the things that have plagued the society for quite some time and then work to fix it. Uh, You know, it it was my grandfather that once said, you know, you can choose fear or you can actually say, okay, I'm going to face and actually rise, Uh, face everything and rise. So those two things that I think we've got a a strong pivot and I'll, I'll quote another uh, famous American Zora Neale Hurston. She said that there there are years where there are a lot of questions, but then there are also years where there are a lot of answers. It's beautiful. I think I think there's a lot of questions that we had in 2020 and 2021. I think this is the year of answers, and it rests on us listening to each other. Amen to that. Well said. So let's go back in time now. Okay. What is Jossie's origin story? Like I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm having this conversation with this guy, and I really don't know that much about you. So how did you, you know, tell us about your childhood and, and, and how you, you know, you came to be who you are today. Well, I really appreciate that. And, and, and again, it's such a pleasure to be here. And, you know, it's it's making me reflect on, on where I've been. And I just... Uh, 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 had a, a pretty big milestone birthday uh, late last year. Thirty? Uh, uh, <laughs> I wish. Thirty-five. <laughs> I wish again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it was it. It's it's been a, a an interesting ride, um, Andrew. And I think uh, for me, I come from very <clears throat> humble beginnings. Um, again, South Side of, born South Side of Chicago, raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, like many African American families, my family actually migrated uh, from the South uh, in in hopes of, of a better life, more opportunity. And uh, it, it, it really was uh, an opportunity for me to see a lot of the disparities that existed. And I was quickly drawn to by uh, a mentor of mine, Dr. William Finlayson, uh, who is 96 years young. Uh, still, 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 still chugging? Still, still chugging. He's Attaboy. retired, but, uh, and he's an OBGYN by, by background. 
And he really got me interested in healthcare and started me helping me see um, uh, the disparities in healthcare. And uh, so, so matriculated it to uh, an HBCU, historically black college and university, Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, and then immediately went to grad school to study uh, health administration. And obviously, I got my MBA as well uh, from the University of Michigan. So, um, and then from there, it was sort of sky's the limit. I really wanted to study and examine what could be done by way of making money as well to, sure. to, <laughs> from, from, a, from an ROI perspective, absolutely. But what could be done to, to kind of close gaps in healthcare? Uh, and that's been my life's mission. Um, and it's, it's, it's taken me on a journey that I never thought I'd see. Um, the the, the, the great-grandson of a slave, uh, the, the, the grandson of a sharecropper. My grandfather was a sharecropper in Mississippi. Uh, and the, the son of a, a, a former educator. Uh, my mom was, a, was an educator and a school psychologist for almost 40 years. Uh, it has been a wonderful ride. Really has. Do you ever think about how proud they would be if they knew if they knew <laughs> what what you were doing? Uh, the the best compliment I've ever received, Andrew. The best compliment I've ever ever received, and it's actually once the book was actually published, was uh, he, it, it, it's not your ancestors, but he said one of my good friends said the ancestors are smiling. Yeah, the ancestors are smiling, and that just that warms my heart. So did did going to Morehouse, did that experience change you at all? Did that change your outlook? It did. It did. Um, you know, uh, I was I was torn uh, because I, I thought that I was going to go to uh, a school and play basketball. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I ended up playing basketball. There you go. Um, I had the dream. I never had the height. <laughs> <laughs> um, same here, actually. And and I I, uh, I did play basketball in 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 high school and college, uh, but it it really gave me uh, it re- really did two things for me. One is it it showed me a different side to the black experience. I never knew that there was black affluence in this country until I went to Morehouse. Uh, so that's something that that exposed me uh, and 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 wanted and and I gleaned different insights and gained um, an appreciation for that. And then two, obviously studying under wonderful professors and uh, standing on the heels. And I, I failed to mention that my mentor, Dr. William Finlayson, who I spoke about earlier, actually went to Morehouse and graduated in 1948, the same class as King, Dr. King. Oh, amazing. So uh, who also went to Morehouse. So there's so many different alumni that have gone there and, and become leaders. And I do think leadership is a responsibility. Um, I do think that leadership is an opportunity. Uh, and I do think leadership uh, sort of rests on where you've been, sort of the, San, the spirit of Sankofa, uh, reaching back so that you can go, get, go, go further. Uh, and that's something that we talk about in the book, too. And that's what Morehouse taught me. We like to close with, with kind of a, a pondering question. And so what is something that we as a nation are not talking enough about that we should be talking more about? Mm, I love that. I, I think it's just our, our shared consciousness and the way to create shared consciousness. Um, I think it's a way to find our shared experience. And we know through genomics and, and the human study that we're more alike than we are different. And I think it's an, it's, it's an opportunity to collectively build something. Healthcare uh, and society are inextricably tied. Healthcare is just a microcosm of society, and we're seeing that play out in many more forms of of, of you know different aspects of even business and even sports with the, the NFL and everything else. So I think we have to start talking about barriers that exist for opportunities for for people to to, to flourish. And then I think it's it's a matter of um, knowing what citizen citizenship is. 
America's advanced citizenship. And I think you've got to want to want it. You've got to desire it. You can legislate policy all day long and twice on Sunday, but you can't legislate desire and you definitely can't legislate ignorance. So I think there's there's tremendous opportunity in that. And it again, it rests with us coming together and listening to each other. Hey, we, we can all appreciate America for its greatness and we can all at the same time say it can be better. It can be better. Yep. Um, and that's what it's about. It's that CQI, that's continuous quality improvement, just making sure that we're doing everything that we can with and for our country. Well, Jossie, thanks for coming up. A traveling to Dallas to, to hang <laughs> out with us. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and th- and everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> it sure is. It's your first time here. This is my f- fourth time okay. here. Um, probably a second time at the library, and uh, it is just awe inspiring. So, thank you so much for having me. Well, Healthy Disruption is on sale now. Um, check it out on, on Amazon, and I think you can get the ebook too, right? Absolutely. Yep. Well, perfect, Jossie. Thanks so much for spending the time. Thank you, Andrew. Jossie joined artist Brian Washington on stage at Engage at the Bush Center, presented by NextPoint. The event also featured Dallas Mavericks CEO Sint Marshall, Big Thought CEO Byron Sanders, and the Bush Institute's Colin Clark. You can watch the event video at www.bushcenter.org slash civilrightsreflections. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you thought by dropping us a line on social media. We're at the Bush Center on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening.